queens take over here for changing the game. All female ass kickers giving lumps to you lames. Carolina boss lady giving orders cause she run it like a freaking assassin. You won't even see it coming. Got the Texas sports queen repping Houston for days. She's the voice of freaking reason. Keep you stupid at bay. And lastly, it's the Jester Delaware is a home. Talking crap to Jolie, your brains might get blown. And you know Kat and Kayla both the rep in the South. So you ever disrespect, you might get smacked in the mouth. Three women, one vision, podcast with a mission. Leaving haters so pissed, they be stumbling and tripping. Trust me when I tell you, you don't want that smoke. All female trio will make you lose that hope. It's time, so turn it up, let's get ready to go. It's the Queen's Takeover, ladies, start that show. Okay, if you ever want to talk about like someone who's all over the map, taking advantage of every opportunity, our guest today is definitely that guy. You've seen him in AEW, AEW Dark Elevation and everything. You've seen him in New Japan. And these days, he you can see him on MLW. You've known him as Danny Limelight. And through MLW, he's simply known as Rivera. Welcome to the show. Mi gente, what's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? Good. How are you, man? I'm doing good. I'm excited to be on. Thank you for the introduction, ladies. Pleasure to meet y'all. Um, happy to be on the show. It's definitely our pleasure and everything. Uh, before we get started, um, I do know that you did serve in the Marines, so we definitely want to thank you for your service. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. It was 10 long years, but it made <laughs> Yikes, 10, 10 years in the Marines, it's like after four, my, my after four in the Air Force, my niece was ready to say adios. Bye-bye. Yeah, oh, she- not my, my cousin. Money say that every day. <laughs> not, not my cousin. He he is uh he's gonna be a grunt for life. He was gonna try for the Marines, uh, then he was gonna try for SEALs, and I think now he's just demo. He likes to blow shit up. Hell yeah, fucking blow it all up. All right, Kayla, let's get this started. First of all, welcome to the show. Um hey, so what made MLW the right for right fit for you? Um well, honestly, you know, I had just finished my contract obligations with AEW um, and, you know, like literally the next day after Conan gave me a call and he told me he had this idea to, you know, to to do a new version of LAX. And as a wrestling fan, you know, coming up in the business, like I always admired LAX because of what they stood for. You know, the Latin American exchange is it's a, a powerful faction that's full of Latinos you know, and, and we're the face of Latinos, you know, Latino wrestling. If you think of all the guys that came through LAX, like Homicide, Hernandez, Santana, Ortiz, you know, and now me and Slice Boogie, Julia Smokes. Um, for me, when, when the idea was brought up to me, like I knew I wanted to do it because I thought about the legacy. You know, I thought about what it means to represent the Latino community. Um, for years, I've been coming into the ring with a Puerto Rican bandana on my head, you know. And so I was like, man, like this, is, this would be really dope for my career. I really feel like working with Conan, you know, will help elevate me to the next level. I feel like being part of the LAX stable, just having that, you know, being part of that legacy is automatically going to, you know, help me, help me stand out. And I think that with Slice Boogie, who's one of my boys, you know, we're currently the United Wrestling Network Tag Team Champions at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood um, as part of the bodega. We already had the chemistry. So when he told me he wanted me and Slice, uh, it was a no brainer. You know, um, I, I took the offer under the circumstances that I can still work New Japan and do my indie dates and work United Wrestling Network still and, and it worked out great and I feel like you know um, 
just from my first appearance at Battle Riot 3, you know, I had a great time. The locker room is full of amazing young talent, guys that are going to be stars. And I think that it's, it's you know, it's going to be lit. And I, I'm excited to see what happens. Awesome. Um, besides the tag team scene, who do you have on your – who – sorry. <laughs> Recess. Yeah, reset that. Besides the tag team scene, who do you have your eyes on in MLW? Well, first and foremost, the goal is the MLW Tag Team Championships. That's automatically what we want off the rip. Um, singles matches, you know, I see, I, you know, Myron Reed, you know, he uh, he's the, the current open weight champ, middleweight champ, you know, so that I got my eye on that. You know, I like to wrestle Lee Moriarty, um, Tom Lawler, Hammerstone, you know, I'm on all, I'm all, all the guys, you know, Tom Lawler's my boy, but I've never wrestled him one-on-one, so it'll be cool to, to have, you know, an exhibition match with Tom. Um, let's see who else. EJ, the judge, you know what I'm saying? He's another, that's another big dude. Um, there's, a lot, there's a lot of young talent. Casey Navarro, I haven't wrestled him one-on-one. You know, he just signed with MLW as well. There's a lot of people on that list, man. But just, just focused right now on the tag team championships. Sweet. Yep. Um, we had to do it when we first started a podcast a year ago. Every guest gets thrown into this wonderful question. Um, so tell us, what got you into wrestling as a fan? Well, I think that for me, um, The Rock and Eddie Guerrero, you know, right now I'm wearing uh, Eddie Guerrero's shirt, actually, as we speak. Um, (laughs) You know, my first memory was 97 Bad Blood, Taker and Michaels, right? But I think it was The Rock, you know, Dwayne Johnson's ability to cut promos and make me want to watch him lay the smack down on somebody's candy ass. You know, (laughs) I think think watching him on TV and then when he left and transitioned to Hollywood – um, and then Eddie becoming a, the biggest Latino star, you know, of, of that generation, in my opinion. Um, I think that it kind of gave me, you know, that like, wow, like here are two guys, two completely different guys. One, the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. The other, Latino heat, you know, the papi. It was just the both of those guys that made me love wrestling, you know. And then when I started, you know, I stopped watching wrestling after a while. But when I came back to wrestling was when I started training to be a wrestler. And, you know, I turned on Monday Night Raw and Seth Rollins had just turned on the shield and I was immediately a Seth Rollins guy. So those those were like what really made me, you know, fans. Our wonderful jester just despised Seth Rollins. So it's kind of funny that she said <laughs> I have personal reasons. I, I have said it. Not wrestling, times. but it's mainly personal. Yeah, it's mainly personal. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and it's no, like I respect the dude in the ring. He's he's fantastic. I mean, I've I've been able to take some fantastic pictures of him, but no, nah, it's it's mainly all personal. And it's like Danny, me and you kind of have like similar tastes. So there we go. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, spicy gesture. Well, uh, you actually kind of like touched on like what made you want to like kind of pursue this, but like what what like, was there a defining moment? in like that made you say i have to do this i have to pursue wrestling as a career as not just like a career but like a lifestyle because that's what it is when you become a wrestler it's a lifestyle like because with all the training like the mm-hmm. dieting all that stuff it's it's like a so what like what moment like defined that for you i think that like as a kid i know i wanted to do it um i, I remember going to career school career day in school and telling you know I, can't, I went and dressed as a wrestler and my, my teachers told me that I couldn't do that for a living that I wasn't a real career um but for me I think that when I started training to wrestle I was like oh this is something I could do for fun you know this would be fun just live a dream I I, I didn't know where it was gonna go you know 
it's like any other to me i look at it as a sport you know how many talented basketball players are there that never make it to the nba you know so i was like how many talented wrestlers out there are there that never make it to wwe or you know at the time it was just wwe for me you know and then new japan and ring of honor and like how many guys never make it there right and so um this was before AEW was was made but i had a match in san diego i was wrestling penta flamita um and two other guys uh ray phoenix was supposed to be there but he couldn't make it and i just remember having this this match it was 2018 and i, I hit a move on penta and, and the crowd went ape shit and he kicked out and it was just like this moment of like the crowd was like hype and i i was in the ring lane like like on the ground for a moment and i was like i, I can fucking really do this you know like i felt it like i was like i was like I'm good at this. This is, and I, and I wasn't that good in 2018, but I was good enough to know that I was going to be great. You know, like I felt like, like I felt like I had it. And, and then I, I re-felt that again, you know, when I wrestled Kenny Omega on Dynamite, on my Dynamite debut. And, and I was like, I was in there going back and forth with one of the greatest wrestlers in the world right now. If, pff, the greatest wrestler in the world right now, let's be real. And, and I was like, if I can, if I can do this with him, so I could do this with anybody, you know? And so I think that's when I like really told myself like, man, I could, this is, this is what I can do this. Like, this is going to happen, you know, and obviously making my new Japan debut wrestling TJ Perkins um, was, was that, that next level for me. And then getting the call from AEW and, you know, just like, it was, it was like impact new Japan, AEW, you know, like it was just so much that was happening. Actually it was triple a impact new Japan, AEW. So it was just so much happening in the span of a year that I was just like, man, like, this is, that's it. This is it. This is it. That's cool. I mean, like, I understand that. Like when we first started this, like, I, I know that they were kind of like apprehensive. Like when I got the first episodes edited, like, and I'm self-taught when it comes yeah. to the, all the editing, it's like, I can do this. Like, and I started looking like other stuff, like schools up, but like kind of have to wait till my student loans go down a little bit more before I go to like a trade school to learn how to audio. Right engineer a little bit better but yeah no i completely yeah, it's not easy to, it's not easy to edit at all so no. like props to you thank you so you were talking about like, your match with penta and all them like do you have like a craziest match to date oh, man. my favorite match that i've ever been in um was on aw elevation against konosuke Takeshita, the ace of ddt pro i don't know if you guys seen the match or not but if you haven't if you just go to youtube type in daniel lamai versus konosuke Takeshita. It'll pop up like the elevation um, thing. You just click that, and then like you can fast forward to the match. But it was an insane match, and it was one of my. It's my. It's hundred percent my favorite match that I've ever had. Um, another match would be when I wrestled Moxley. That was a fun one. I really enjoyed that match. Um, this last weekend, not this weekend, I just passed the one before that. I was in Rhode Island. No, excuse me. I keep saying Rhode Island, but I was in Massachusetts um, at XWA, and I wrestled JT Dunn who was a really good friend of mine. Dude is killing it right now in the independent scene. That was a fun match. Um, yeah, you know, my, my my singles with Ray Phoenix on Dart was fun. You know, Ray Phoenix is a good friend of mine. I had a, I've had a lot of fun matches, but I think of my favorite of all time is my one-on-one with Konosuke Takeshita. I will definitely have to check that out. Um, well, you already said, like, you know, like some of your idols are The Rock and Eddie. Yeah. Um, now, do you have a dream opponent? Yes. I want to wrestle Pac one on one. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Right now, right now, that's my 
from AEW right now, I, I, I've always wanted a one-on-one with Kenny Omega, but I've technically wrestled Kenny. So if I can't have a one-on-one with him, like from AEW, my, my number one pick would be Pac. Um, WWE, it would 100% be Ricochet. Oh, I'd yeah. love that. I would tell you that right now. I would love that. New Japan, it'd be my boy, Will Ospreay. Yeah. And then uh, MOW right now, one-on-one with Lee Moriarty is probably like my number one match that I want at MOW. All right. That's, that'd be a good one and everything. He's killer. Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned this in the beginning and everything. Oh, wait, Impact. Talking? Impact oh. John Alexander. That's what I want. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a good one and everything. Um, okay, you mentioned this in the beginning as far as like with your starting with MLW and everything, but it's like you talked about like um, then it's like a latest version of, I mean, the carry on this legacy of LAX because right. it's like of all the names that have been in before Conan from then until now, it's yeah. like Santana Ortiz, Homicide, uh, if I'm if I'm correctly, Diamante was in it. So it's like, you talked about it a little bit earlier, but it's like, can you go, go a little bit more in depth as far as like what it means to you to carry on this legacy of such a powerhouse faction? Man, it, it means everything to me. This is like my opportunity to really stand out as a Latino, um, to, to, to carry that flag to the ring. Um, to just to, to throw up that LAX to represent for the culture. It's what it's for. It's for the culture. A lot of people say, oh, I do this for the culture. I do this for the culture. But, but are they really? Or are they just like the way it sounds? Because it's catchy. Right. For me, it's like, it's an opportunity for me and my boy Slice to show everybody, you know, what some New Yorkans are about. This was our chance to, you know, my daughter's half Puerto Rican, half Mexican. She's super Latina. You know, she gets to see me representing Latinos everywhere. You know, for me, it's, it's important. It's, it's you know, I, I've been a part of a few factions in my career, whether it was the Bodega, you know, with, with Papo Esco and Slice, or if it was Team Filthy with Tom Lawler and J.R. Kratos. But now it's like LAX, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, for me, you know, it's like, okay, this means a lot to me because this is now bigger than me. Now it's my culture. Team Filthy, I'm just a filthy poppy. I play dirty, I fight dirty. It's about me, 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 and how I can, you know, get more for me and how I can help Tom stay champ. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's my mentality. But with LAX, it's like, this is for Latinos. You know what I'm right. saying? So that means a lot to me. Yeah. And, and just kind of piggybacking off that and everything. So it's like you said, for like the Puerto Ricans and the New Ricans and everything. And it's like, cause you said like, I've seen like with your entrances and everything, you go with the Puerto Rican uh, bandana on, I believe. And then like Santana Ortiz, enough said right there and then um in uh wwe damian priest and everything he's got like the puerto rican uh colors on his gear and everything so it's just like the up i mean it's like and so it's like the uprising of the puerto ricans in wrestling today it's like yeah. hell it's like your new shirt i believe it says mi gente and then radioactive poppy yeah. on it and everything yeah. so it's just like it, it's like how is it how do you feel like with this like surgeons of like the Puerto Ricans in wrestling today is just like, like you said, it. representing the culture. I love it because I didn't have that growing up. You know, like we had Sabio Vega, but I was too young to remember him, you know, and what he was doing. We had Carlito, but, you know, he was, I don't think in my opinion, he was displayed as, you know, like, he just didn't, for me, it, it wasn't, it just, it was like only the bad of, of Latinos, you know, he was disrespectful, he was spitting in people's faces, which is great. The character was great. Love the character. I just, it just wasn't he wasn't placed in a position where he can be a star the superstar right. you know the top puerto rican guy you know um he had all the potential to i think uh, so so for me you know the biggest latino i had growing up was eddie guerrero he was mexicano mm-hmm. 
And so now it, it, when you're looking at wrestling, you said you see Santana and Ortiz on AEW, even Eddie Kingston's half Puerto Rican, right? Top guy over there. Then yeah. you got, you know, Damian Priest, who's absolutely killing it right now. Even Bad Bunny was right? you know, oh my God. at WrestleMania. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So for me, you know, and I think Impact has Tasha Steele. She's half Puerto Rican. Like, for me, it's it's so cool to see all of us, you know, rising up because that's what it's about. You know, it's about breaking the generational cycles of how people view Latinos, how people view Puerto Ricans. You know what I'm saying? We're more than just disrespectful street kids. Right. You know what I'm we have, even though we're from the streets, Santana Ortiz, you know, I'm sure Damian Priest is from, from the barrio. Like it just, you can, you can see that in people, but there's more to us than just where we were raised in, where we were brought up in. And I think that being part of LAX, I think just being Puerto Rican wrestling in general, we, we get to show that side to everybody. You know what I'm saying? To all mm-hmm. the little kids at home watching families at home watching that are proud of their kids you know it, it's it's about breaking general, you know Santana Ortiz are really good friends of mine they have kids and I'm sure what they do every day is for their kids right you know, Santana Ortiz got a beautiful little son Santana got a beautiful little girl and I know that when they grind and they grind to break that generational cycle that they had to you know they had to come from and we're all doing it we're all doing it for, for for something bigger than us I have a little girl you know what I'm saying so I'm obviously doing it for her but we're doing it for the culture and I think that that is more important than anything else that we do in the ring. Amen to that. If you ever need, um, I'm just bringing this, I'm just bringing this up. If you ever need like a new female component for LAX and everything, I, uh, I know of this, uh, spicy, uh, Puerto Rican who wrestles for mission pro. Who's that? <laughs> La Rosa Negra. She's their champion right now and everything, but it's I've like, heard, I've seen I've her in heard. person. She is, she is absolutely wonderful. Oh, I would love to meet her. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's like she's she's absolutely wonderful. So uh, let me kind of let me kind of segue here because um, I know outside of wrestling, you have a major project that you've been involved in. A producer, you wrote it, stunts, stunts, uh, worked worked around the stunts and everything, and that's your uh, award winning movie, Mm -hmm. Joe Riv. Congratulations on that. It feels it still feels crazy hearing that award winning. Um, yeah, I wrote Joe Riv. Um, we shot it a year ago in one day because we we didn't have a budget. We only had like three thousand dollars to play with, and so we had to get it all done in one day. And you know, we I wrote it, produced it, I starred in it, I did my own stunts, coordinated everybody else's stunts. I worked with award winning Egyptian filmmaker Miko Sad, who's won awards before, so I knew having him on the team was going to help the film do great and this last weekend you know I don't know when this is going to air but as of the time of this recording this last weekend we had the the film festival our film was selected um, and nominated and fortunately we won four awards we won for best short film over 10 minutes uh, best action drama best drama and then we won for best movie poster which wasn't really me that's Hiban Huerta he designed he designs a lot of graphics on the independent scene for wrestling Mm -hmm. And because his graphic was so dope, I've always trusted him to do my movie posters. And he killed it with this one. And we won for that. And so, you know, we took home four awards. And and now, you know, this is the first podcast I'm doing since. So I guess you guys get the breaking news that it's already kind of online, though, is that, like, we're working on turning Joe Rib the Short into a, have a link now, a GoFundMe link, where we're trying to raise money, crowdfund it. Um we have a trailer out on YouTube right now. And then we're premiering the, the short film is premiering in Los Angeles for the first time next Friday, August 13th, you know, at the Dory theater in Los Angeles. 
So I'm excited for everybody in LA to come check it out. We have a lot of people coming out for, for the event. It's going to be great. And we're going to continue to try to raise money so that we can, you know, fund the full feature film. Um, I'm excited for that. It's going to be a lot of work, but it's yeah. nothing we can't handle. And, you know, my, my little project, Joe Riv, it, it was a passion project that now it turned into something serious. And I think that's also cool because, you know, now, you know, I, I want to be one of the first Puerto Rican action stars, you know, that's something that I want to do for my culture is I want to segue into wrestling, which is another reason why Dwayne Johnson is one of my inspirations because he started with wrestling and he segued into the acting world. And now he's one of the highest paid actors in the world. And for me now coming up in the wrestling business, obviously, you know, Danny Limelight isn't as big as the rock was when the rock went to Hollywood, but I'm on my way. And I think that, you know, I'm also on my way in this film industry. So, um, for those who don't know, it's like Joe Riv is actually an action short, so um, which is different from like the full feature and everything. So how 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 long is the movie actually? As Joe right Riv now? is fourteen minutes right now. Okay, yeah. So it's fourteen okay. minutes long, and um, it's about a CIA operative who was on a top mission, secret mission, was determined KIA for the mission, but he blows his cover and comes back home to avenge his sister's death. His sister was killed in a nightclub by these two these sons of these the two sons of this gangster and i basically come back to town um and i start whooping everyone's ass to figure out who killed my sister um, we have a post-credit scene with the film that segues into what would be the sequel to the short or in this case the major plot of the actual full film so i have the full script already written um Ooh, okay. we, did the, we did the little post-credit scene at the end of the short to show people that there's more to the story than just what happened in the short so that we can, you know, give people an idea of what we want to do. So I'm excited nice. for everybody to see it. Very, very nice and everything. Well, and I'm actually, you, I've, you know, you made it when you've got your own uh, IMDB page too. Thank you so much. I, <laughs> I, no, I literally just looked it up and it popped right up. It says release date is August 8th, 2021. It's got your little tagline, some pictures. It looks really cool. Thank um, you. So much. Hey, Ms. If you're, since you're home injured, hook this guy up with your Hollywood connections. Hell yeah, yeah. Liz, look it up. <laughs> <laughs> or or uh, Z- Zelina, you, you've got Rock's number. Yeah, exactly. Zelina Vega, come on, you got the Rock's number. The Rock, yeah, Dwayne Johnson, if you're listening to this podcast, bro, I would love to work with you one day, man. Let's let's do a badass action film. Yeah, I, I'll figure out a way to tag him somehow. <laughs> I'll figure out a way. I'll, I'm very, I'm getting very creative with the tagging on the Twitter and everything like that. So, um, yeah, it's like I've seen the trailer. It 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 looks awesome and everything. And the you said the post you won for the poster and everything, and that's pretty cool. Your guy did absolutely awesome with that. What mm-hmm. gave you? I mean, what gave you the idea for the movie? So, um, I've been writing a lot of short films for other people in Los Angeles. Um, shooting some little short projects but never really centered around me and uh Miko came up to me the director and he was like you need to write something for you to showcase everything you can do and I was like okay and you know I I like writing for other people but if you want me to do something for me I will and he was like but I don't want to see Danny Limelight he was like I want to see Daniel Rivera in a film Mm. and I was like oof that's hard you know (laughs) because I'm Danny Limelight you know (laughs) like (laughs) It's so easy for me to be Daniel Lama. And I think that, you know, I, I went home and I, I watched a fuck ton of action films because I knew that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. John Wick. You know, I watched all the John Wicks. I watched a lot of Jason Statham movies. 
Um, I watched a lot of Denzel's movies. Like uh, Denzel's my favorite actor, Denzel Washington. He's my favorite actor. But I watched, you know, his Equalizer, his Safe House, you know, his like real action ones, Book of Eli. You know, I, I, I watched those. Um, I watched uh, some Michael J. White films. I watched some, uh, you know, Jackie Chan and Jet Li films for the action. I just watched, you know, a bunch of action. But the, the, the main inspiration 100% came from John Wick and Jason Statham films. And I think that, like, uh, when I was thinking of a, a, a plot, I was like, man, you know, what's, what, what's important to me? You know, what would make me want to destroy shit? You know, and it was always family. Right. And so I, I decided to go the route of my sister. Um, actually, my sister in the film is, is named after my real life sister. Her name is Ruby. So she, I, I put that little cat, little Easter egg there. So, and, and Riv is obviously, Riv is short for Rivera, which is my actual last name. And I was thinking, when I was thinking of a title of the film, I didn't want to come up with some random title, like, oh, Vengeance. Well, you know, something, you know, I didn't want, I wanted it to be the name of the character that I was playing. Okay. And, you know, I thought of like all these movies and I was like, man, John Wick, Jason Bourne, you know, you think of actor Jason Statham, like the J and the short, like the short Chris name just sounds so dope to me. And I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, what, you know, what can I do? Danny's too long. He just doesn't flow, you know, like right. you know, n- nothing was fun. I was like, I was like, you know what? Like Riv, let's go with Riv is short for my last name. So I knew I, the last name was always going to be Riv, you know, cause it had, I felt like Wick born like it's all sharp and crisp i was like riv for me has the sharp crisp feel to it and i was like now i need a name first name and i knew i wanted to be a j because john wig jason born you know don't reinvent the wheel it works i was like joe short to the point joe riv and it flows off the tongue and i was like this is it and it stuck i didn't i I never second guessed it once i said joe riv miko loved the idea um everybody that i had talked to said yeah that fucking sounds great and i just i just kept it from there sweet <laughs> absolutely sweet all right so um so before we let you go and everything um i know that you're still uh danny limelight on you you have your twitter under danny limelight and everything so it's like where, where else can we find your social medias at uh twitter and instagram at danny limelight um i'm not hard to find pro wrestling backslash danny limelight I have a bunch of cool shirts up there go check that out um i'm on cameo as well cameo.com backslash danny limelight and I just started my GoFundMe link uh, for my film, the full feature film, Joe Rev. So if anybody's interested in donating, just contact me on any of the social media platforms. Send you the link. Anything helps. If you can't donate anything, please share it. It's on all my social media. Um, just want to get this film really off the ground because um, I feel like it's an awesome story that needs to be told. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you Danny- guys so much for having me, by the way. No, no, no. I, no, it's actually our pleasure. It's just like, thank you for taking the time and everything. Uh, out of your day to chat with us and everything we definitely wouldn't wish you best of luck with mlw and best of luck with the film and we do hope that you make your goal and get it made the thank future you film so made. much it will happen one way or another mi gente amen <laughs> amen to that <laughs> have a great day you too. okay so full disclosure our interview with danny was on tuesday afternoon and we're recording this the rest of this on sunday night our intention was to have a light, funny conversation and everything, but WWE and fuck that all up. Fucked it up. They dropped the fucking nuclear bomb on us. It was supposed to be a finally a week where no bullshit happened. We could talk about Ric Flair getting let go, which is ooh, big shocker. Who fucking cares? I'm sorry, the dude's 70 fucking years old. He looks like the fucking crypt keeper. 
you have to pay five hundred dollars just to see his ass on cameo. And um, then it's actually six hundred or eight hundred, I think. So. Oh, oh it, God, that's worse. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! No, thank you. No, <laughs> I think. Hang on. Oh, Jesus. But but you know, of course, shit hits the fan Friday during SmackDown. Exactly. Okay, but before we get to that and everything, Ric Flair he requested his he requested his release from his Legends contract and everything. Because apparently he wasn't happy with Charlotte's booking. Or his booking. Who who knows? Who knows? But he wasn't happy with the, how the flares were being booked. Him, I can kind of understand. Because the last, uh, the last uh, storyline he was in was he was banging Lacey. <laughs> no, well, we never knew if he was banging Lacey. It was just True. implied. And right. I mean... They made the joke that she was that he was the baby daddy, but then again, they also made the joke that Becky was Maria's baby daddy. Right. So it's been, uh, baby daddy jokes have been going through this company since I was before I was born. We don't hell. We don't even know how many children Ric Flair has actually fucking possibly That's had. That's true, but it's like okay. So it's like I've read two tweets. One he was happy unhappy with his booking, and the other one he, he was unhappy with Charlotte's booking. How the hell is he not happy with Charlotte's book? Probably because Nikki Cross pinned her. But again, people bitch when Charlotte doesn't put anybody over. People bitch when Charlotte puts people over. Nobody is ha- like n- none of these um, Twitter asshats out there that complain about everything. And majority are men and are probably jealous that if Charlotte was a lesbian, they would she would get more pussy than they do. And, you know, probably jealous that they can never snag somebody like Charlotte. I mean, somebody can like, I don't want anybody that was made of plastic. Yet you watch porn, motherfucker. Shut the fuck up. I mean, they're all plastic. And, you know, they're making fun of her boob jobs and her taking off for that. I'm like, the woman wrestled with a burst implant that could have killed her. So she has done things to make herself feel better. I don't put anybody down that gets plastic surgery if you wanted to do it make you feel better as long as it the only thing i have issues with if it makes you look really fucking ugly like those that that person that wants to be the living ken doll and the living barbie what oh. the fuck are you smoking when you want to do that shit but she looks absolutely gorgeous i mean people got upset when she moved the mole removed the mole from her face like it could have been cancerous good god people like, it's like seriously, I, it's like IWC has. I mean, they they bitch about anything, and it's like hell. It's like I agree with Ronda Rousey for once. Oh my God, Ronda! I, I will say this: Ronda number one came out of left field with that tweet. Like literally, nobody's heard nothing from Ronda except for her doing her baby videos on on Insta, talking about the baby. Can't wait for the baby to come. Like I swear to God, that baby's gonna come out in a. a a gi and ready to fucking fight somebody with with the amount of testosterone and estrogen that babies has pumped into his veins <laughs> or her veins i don't know if it's a boy or a girl but still girl oh it is a girl oh yeah no no that, mm-hmm. that, that little baby girl's gonna whoop ass coming out the out the womb i feel bad for the nurses that gotta slap that baby butt that that baby's gonna fucking judo flip somebody right but you know she comes out and she was dead on right mm-hmm. iwc fucking wants to and you know what even with the cm punk chance and 
the the the, the Daniel Bryan chants and and we want Wyatt chants. Well, more like the CM Punk fans because those are the stupid derpy AEW fanboys that we're gonna own them. Yeah, you bought a fucking hundred dollar ticket, you dumbass. Yeah, you're really owning him. You're giving him the money. Like seriously, <sighs> how are you owning Vince McMahon? Because I see you paying Vince McMahon for you to come to his audience and act a dumbass. Um, but she's right. Nobody did hashtags for Bray when he was off screen. Nobody did anything after Money in the Bank for Bray before he was let go. There was no We Want Wyatt chance. Now you want him? Yeah, exactly. Now? But it, it, it it's so fucking frustrating. Daniel Bryan, when he was his heel, was right. Fans are fickle. If they don't like something, they're going to let you know. If they like something, they'll let you. And then if it gets let go, you get upset about it. I, I just, I do not understand these people. I, I would honestly love to be in a room with JD from New York, Dave Meltzer, and Brian Alvarez, just to smack the living shit out of three of those misogynistic twat, twat fucks. Because they are three of the biggest idiotic jackasses in all of in all of uh, IWC, right? And uh, Meltzer really needs to take the dick of Tony Khan out of his mouth and the dick of Cody Rhodes out of his ass. And on that note, Kayla, you want to jump in think, with anything on this one? <laughs> to actually confirm how much Ric Flair's cameo really is, it's and we'll go ahead and say six hundred, considering it's five ninety nine. 99 so basically $600 for a cameo of Ric Flair and that's not included that's not including fees and taxes that go along with that because I think I bought a cameo that was originally $45 and it's like close to like maybe 55 total with taxes and add-on fees and all that fucking bullshit and that's that's and if they don't do it you do get your money back but it's like you're sitting with a $600 hold in your bank account for like Mm -hmm. a two-minute video if that, I mean, I will spend the money for the lesser people. I, I think they deserve it more because they're not egotistical jackasses, but. Go ahead, Kayla. Um, besides the fact of Ric Flair wanting $600 for a damn cameo. Um, but no, whether he's upset with her booking or his booking, but with him being, you know, in his 70s. I think it's time for him just to basically step back and watch Charlotte do what Charlotte does. Um, I hate to tell you, Mr. Ric Flair, rather or not, she'll probably eventually end up breaking your record. So just get over it. Let her do what she does. She don't need you. Um, If you end up going to AEW, like I saw some of the saying you want to, Lord, help us all. (laughs) Just, just help us all. Um, But I see where Andrade is going with that. He would love to have, well, him and Charlotte's not married yet. So I guess his future father-in-law understand that and and would like to see Charlotte over there. But um, I did see something that he is supportive. She loves being part of WWE. So, you know, he's not going to want to take that away from her. But anyway. And why am I seeing something today that uh, he possibly may want another, like, in ring run who rick flair yeah i'm sorry what <laughs> i saw something today that he may possibly want to have one more run 
as an in-ring competitor. You know what, Vince? Thank you for letting that old man fucking go. <laughs> it, regardless of where he shows up in the ring, I guarantee, even though she may be part of WWE, I honestly could see Charlotte showing up going, what the fuck are you doing, Dad? Get exactly. <laughs> you know, what are you doing? You know? Oh, shit. No, Rick. Retire. Stay at home with your wife. Watch wrestling at home. Support your friends at home. Yes, I know when AEW was in Charlotte a couple weeks ago, you hooked up with J, uh, JR and got, you know, got, you know, old friend friends met up. I understand that you missed it, but it does not mean you need to get your butt back into the ring. Don't even think about commentary either. I don't think you can do it. I don't want to hear, oh, there she is in the ring. Woo! No, I don't want to hear that. Nah. So I understand, Rick. You still want to be part of the wrestling world. There's stuff out there that you can do. But please just sit at home in your wonderful house in Charlotte, North Carolina. I know your house is nice, according to what my dad says, because he has picked you up on Uber one time, and I gave him a nice little talking to. Why did he not get an autograph? Um, Rick, maybe one day I will meet you, but no, just stay at home. Thank you. <laughs> and it's not even yeah. that, like, the dude is 70 plus years old. It doesn't matter if you've got the vaccine or not. This this new variant is very deadly, especially for somebody with pre-existing conditions like Rick. How many strokes has he had? Uh-huh. At least a few. Stay the fuck home. Ay, ay, ay. He is 72. Yeah, Rick, stay home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hello. All right. All right. No more bullshit. Let's get wait, into Wait, wait, wait. But, but before we get into this, can, can we send out a congratulations to our girl that was on the show last week? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I talked to her. I actually talked to her a little bit on Instagram. She said it was, I, I said, I asked her, was it all that she wanted it to be? She said that and more. So <laughs> I can't wait, can't wait to watch the replay of like the whenever the video is available and everything so i can finally catch up to it, so i can catch catch it and everything but congrats tiff on your debut we knew you're gonna beat her ass we said it we <laughs> called it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and i never and layla never got t- i i tagged her on the when we uh released the episode she never got back to me she liked she liked the tweet but she didn't have any rebuttal so oh well <laughs> well it just proves that she's chicken she lost it's good tiffany's better so we all know this all right nelio we we want to we want to talk off now with you me and her let's go (laughs) hit us up boy hit us up all right so during the middle of the most watched programming on wwe these days smackdown bomb nuclear bomb as jolie put it earlier with the release of several nxt superstars and some of this list is like, huh? Bobby Fish, Bronson Reed, Jake Atlas, um, Ari Sterling, Kona Reeves, Leon Ruff, Stefan Smith, Tyler Rust, Zakaria Smith, Asher Hale, Giant Zangier, and Mercedes Martinez. This list is homophobic. The two gay people, out gay people that you had paraded during Pride Month, you fucking fire. Now, I know Mercedes is still injured. She's still out. Um, so I don't know what's happening there. Bobby, injury prone. I, I kind of understand it. And you know what? 
the dude can go back to ROH and kill it. I mean, I, I love I love Bobby. Uh, I'm glad to have uh, seen him wrestle. I'm sad I never got to meet him. I, I met Adam and Roddy, uh, but I missed out on Bobby and Kyle. But I still have a chance for Kyle because I don't see Kyle going anywhere, hopefully. Knock on wood. Please, God. Bronson was the biggest gut check, to be perfectly honest. Um, I, I, I don't know what vince was thinking if this was vince or if this was mr uh nick khan if it was nick khan then dude you and me are gonna have words and uh we will call shit out and even i said like and i'm and i'm i've been a staunch ww supporter staunch um this nxt was triple h's baby nxt was dusty's baby i don't know if he's doing this and gutting this just to get back at cody to be that petty think about it nxt was was dusty's baby That'd be, that'd be way below the belt. I know. But, and if you look at the average ages of most of the people that they got rid of, they were kind of up there in age, minus a couple. Mm-hmm. And there was one article that seems a lot more legit than the other ones that they want to revamp NXT. They wanted to go back to its roots. Homegrown talent. All like, you know, bringing in not big name stars like they used to. And I can understand that. I mean, you want people to be invested in superstars again. Yeah. It's 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 a definitely a good idea. But to the to, to the idiots and assholes out there blaming um Adam Cole for this, fuck yourself and jump off a bridge. Yeah, then it's like it was like um Sean Rossap completely I think he was the one who said like if anyone thinks that this has asked has to do with Adam Cole it doesn't <laughs> not at all no and I mean this, he, they did make something somebody did say like they brought up you know the NFL cuts so many people and MLB then he said well they don't do it all at once well technically they do training camp right now in right. and this time next month you are going to see hundreds and hundreds of people without a job exactly and with football and sports it's a little bit different to get a job with wrestling, there are so many more different opportunities if you're good enough. And with, with NFL and all, I mean, I, I hate it. I hate that they got this cuts, but I'm, I'm going to say something that is a personal story. Um, my dad works at one of the oldest refineries in the world. Well, in the country. I don't know if it's the world. Just, I know it's the oldest con- one in the country. It had an explosion a couple of years ago. M- massive explosion. Shut the plant down. Luckily, my dad was on vacation. But the company decides, you know what? We're closing shop. Over 600 people lost their jobs, I think. And there's like maybe 50 guys shut down that entire plant. People lose their jobs every day. And it sucks. And people saying, well, during the pandemic, well, I know plenty of jobs that have shut down for good during the pandemic. And, you know, and just like Baron Corbin, Olive Garden's hiring. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying, I mean, I'm trying to make a joke of it, but like, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's so many different jobs out there that they're not, that people are not getting things for, but like, you know, Bronson, he could go to new Japan and kill it. Bobby back to ROH, totally fucking kill it. And if he does go to ROH, that'd be cool for me because then I would drive up to across the bridge. Right. Um, Mercedes. Definitely, I would say I would love to see her more in impact. Jake, 
Jake's tough because he is good. I could see him in New Japan, but um, I would love to see him actually in AEW and teaming up with Sonny Kiss. Yes, I said AEW. Go fuck yourself, people. Um, I don't know pretty much about the other guys. I thought Kona Reeves was gone. Like, I had not seen that guy in a minute since, like, WrestleMania 35. Um, I think he was injury prone. I mean, some of these people are injury prone, and they just have to cut dead weight, and I understand that. They have all these people that they're bringing up. Completely understand that. Um, I just think that the biggest shocker was Bronson because he could have been a beast on main roster. And it was kind of a shocker as well because it's like three, like within the last three months, it's like he was North American champion, lost the title, was getting dark matches uh, because apparently he was going to be brought up to either Raw or SmackDown, and then all of a sudden he's gone. So, uh, Caleb, what were what were your thoughts about the immediate list when it was uh, released? Um, obviously, I was shocked. Um, Brunson Reed was the first one. Was like, wait, what? Um, poor Leon Ruff. He just got verified on Twitter. Um, so that kind of, kind of made me sad. Cause I know when I did the post for him a while back and he was one of them, he hadn't verified his account yet. He, and here recently, he just got verified. Aww. So I was just like, Oh, um, I'm actually going to agree with Jolie on Jake Atlas. Um, I did like him in NXT, I do would like to see him go to AEW, not necessarily um, wrestle with Sonny Kiss, which I think would be one hell of a badass tag team. Um, Also, that would put him back in the territory with his good friend Jungle Boy, you know, having his support. Um, Everyone else, um, Bobby Fish, if you go to Ring of Honor, I might actually watch Ring of Honor. Yes, Sledge, I'm slacking. Haven't watched Ring of Honor. I apologize. Um, Look, she works for a shitty company, but, man. She 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 needs she needs a, a break from everything. Like she's taking breaks from wrestling. It's not just it's not just ROH, man. And yes, I'm slacking too, but I have other reasons, be, and I I will go to another time for those. But um, but I do promise I will get into Ring of Honor. Um, I'm trying to get into Impact. Mercedes would be good for there. Mm-hmm. Um. As far as Brunson Reed, I don't know. Kind of hoping to see him on the main roster to, you know, take out some of those people. He would honestly have been a good person to uh, not Mr. Head of the Table down a couple pegs. But um, anyway, I will say this. Oh, and before I found out something interesting about Mercedes Martinez after the release I found something. She had actually was originally, I found her theme song. She was originally supposed to be part of AEW. She turned down the contract to come to WWE. Hmm. I saw that. I found it interesting. And then somebody commented on it says, well, that didn't work out for you. Now did it, you know? So it was just like, well, maybe she thought she, you know, had more opportunity, but um, Mercedes Brunson, Leon, everybody else that got released, um, I do wish you the best in everything you do, whether you go to New Japan, Ring of Honor, Indies, um, Impact, you know, as you know, may not have necessarily been a huge fan of all of you, but as a wrestling fan, I support you all. I wish you the best. And hopefully you can find that spark and shine again where your wrestling matters to somebody else. 
And there's something else like I want to say is that, you know, just because they got let go now doesn't mean they can't always come back. That's true. Exactly. Because, because exactly. Um, I did see something that gender, like, related met, like, he said something like, like to the release, um, to the released uh, superstars and everything, as far as like uh, making your name and then uh, coming back eventually and stuff like that. But I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no! It, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Kayla. No, I was just saying. You know, that's you know right. Because like, look at Drew. He got released. Look at Gender. He got released. Bobby. Um, right. Bobby Lashley got released. Look at him. He's the second African American to become WWE champion. You know, so it just so many people you know, come back and they get that spotlight. Heck, someone joked around and say Heath, Heath Slater's going to come back and end up being WWE champion one day because Ginger Mahal did, Drew McIntyre did. <laughs> so, and I don't even care if it was a long run. I think that would be hilarious, you know, all three members of 3MB become WWE champion. Exactly. But, um, you know, anything's possible. There's a lot of them that's came back that, you know, they're going to get that opportunity again. And, uh, Heck, even if it's, you know, part of the legends, look at Carlito came back, even though it's been a couple of times. I think he's a producer now backstage or something, you know, something, you know, don't give up, guys. It's just one door closed, another one even brighter will open, regardless if you come back two, three, four, five, six, seven years down the line. Because all those ones that got released, they still got a lot, a whole lot of ass kicking left in them. All right, Jester. <laughs> I was just going to say that, you know, you guys got like, like Andrade said that he would come back eventually for another run in the WWE. I mean, I already know that, you know, it all depends what happens with Tommy, but maybe he'd come back, you know. But the thing is, and it this has been bugging me ever since this happened. And, and since any of these releases happened, they've released a lot of people in the past two years. And I get, yes, people are upset. Well, it's a pandemic. It's a pandemic. I can go off on all of you right now, but I don't have the fucking energy when they say, oh, it's a pandemic. But I will say this. The people that they've let go will either thrive or not. People lose their jobs every day. And it sucks. I mean, I know Kayla's hoping to lose her job so she can collect unemployment for a little while and, you know, rest her head. Um, and then poor Kat's got to go back for, to work after being on two weeks vacation tomorrow. At poor least. girl. I'll be at home, though. That's true. And, you know, me, I'm, I'm going from home. I know, right? I was <laughs> looking for jobs like that. And, like, nothing, like, interesting is hiring. It's like, God damn it. Well, you also need better internet to work from home, Kayla. Sorry. Well, with our new upgrade and stuff with our internet, it should be working fine. Oh, that's good. That's good. At the hotel right now, it sucks. But at <laughs> home, I think it's ever since they replaced and redid it, we're looking good. That's good. But no, it's just, well, it's frustrating and sad to see all these people go. You never cared about them, internet wrestling community, when they were there. You never cheered. We want Jake Atlas. We weren't. We want Mercedes. You never did that. This this goes back to Rhonda's tweet. Mm-hmm. You don't do anything. You get you get mad when WWE hoards people, and then when they cut people, you get mad that they cut them, and then you get well now they have a ninety day 
no compete clause. They can't earn money. They're getting paid. And, and the NXT and the NXT folks actually have 30. Yeah, so they have less time. But they can do job interviews. They can talk to people. They can network. That's what they don't understand. Like, there's a giant network out there. And we don't know what Vince is doing. This is this has been very, very strange. A lot, there's a lot of speculation that Triple H doesn't have power at NXT anymore. And if that's the case, that's fucking bullshit because mm-hmm. that was his baby. He gave us superstars like Seth Rollins, Bray Wyatt, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Bianca, Rhea, Shayna. NXT molded them. And that was the beauty, beauty thing, beautiful thing about NXT. Its roots was building these wrestlers. It was like an indie show. Because you didn't know who these people were. You didn't know what they could do. Retro NXT got you invested. And I'm not talking about that stupid Nexus bullshit or, or the little game show that they had. I'm talking about when Paige was there, Natty, all of them. And maybe going back to the beginning is what brings something that was missing back. Because, oh, th- this, this person signed or this person signed. Oh, they're a big person over in Japan. Or they're a big person over in Ireland or Scotland or England or Belarus. You know, it's just the people that they just signed. Parker Boudoir or Boudoir? I cannot wait to see that dude. That dude's a beast. I have no idea who the hell he is. Yeah, it's like I see him on Twitter all the time. So it's just like, when are they going to give this guy an opportunity? It's just like. But see, that was the whole point of NXT. Yeah, exactly. So if cutting some of these old guys away gets back to the roots, then I'm okay with that. It sucks. But it's not like they're going to be out of a job for long. Bobby Fish, he can definitely go to R. He can go anywhere. Bronson, same thing. Mercedes, same thing. And to the asshole that said that she, because she did that, we don't, she got to live a lifetime dream. She really did. She wanted to be in the WWE. She got to be here. She got to go for the title. She got to fight one of the best women in the world in Io Shirai. Mm-hmm. She got to fight one of the best women in the world in Raquel Merkel. So I can't wait to see what she does elsewhere, you know? And the fact that people just, just want to keep piling negativity, negative, 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 negative. And like, they're like, well, AEW's had over a million views every week. Dude. And I'm going to say this as nicely as possible. No, I'm not. Fuck it. It's the fucking <laughs> summer, you fucking dumbasses. I can guarantee that your ratings will dip once it becomes must-see TV, NBC, because Chicago Fire, Med, NPD fucking do epic in ratings. Hell, I'll give you one even better. Challenge is about to start up on Wednesday again. Survivor, too. There's so many shows. Once fall hits, your, your, rec- your ratings are going to dip. Every show dips when it comes to ratings and and when it comes to sweeps, when it comes to premieres, when it comes to finales, 
you're gonna lose viewers. There's nothing else on on fucking Wednesdays, and people were kind of tired of watching the Olympics that took place 12 hours before. Yeah, that's kind of the reason why I didn't watch all of it and everything because it's like a lot of the results. Um, I mean, I didn't do a lot of the results ahead of time and everything, so it kind of determined as far as like what I want, wanted to watch and not watch and everything. I mean, I, I, I love the Olympics. I mean, I did stay up the past two nights. Um, I stayed up Friday and a Saturday for the men's basketball gold medal game. I stayed up for the women's gold medal basketball game and the women's volleyball gold medal game. So I didn't go to bed till like almost one yesterday. Like I was fucking enjoying the shit out of that. I cheered yeah. on I cheered on Team Canada. Um I'm so happy that they won gold. Um fuck you, Sweden. Um Okay. Nah, they I just don't like the Sweden Swedish team. I thought they flopped a lot in that game. So ah. It, it was just uh, very, very. I don't like flopping. I, I, it's like, I just play the game. If you're hurt, actually, stay down. But you know, if you're just trying to get a penalty, I, I think that deserves a penalty. Like if you fall down for no reason and then add excessive time, I think that's complete bullshit. But again, that's another sport. You know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up before uh, before we go on and everything because I just read today. In regards to basketball, starting with the summer league and then next year and everything, um, they're changing the rules as far as like uh, any non-basketball moves that the offensive players make to kind of draw fouls in, like leaning into people, kicking the legs out, stuff like that. Basically, anything James Harden does to draw fouls. Good. They're not going to call. They're not going to call fouls on that anymore. Good. And. and um- I- and I, can talk, I, and I can talk shit about James Harden because he's not in Houston anymore. So You talk shit on him when he is in Houston. I talk shit on any player that fucking flops. Like, Jesus Christ, dude, play the fucking game. If you get hit, then get hit. Take the foul like a fucking man. I see the women, you know, playing so much harder than some of the men. I mean, that game last night, you know, I'm so happy for Sue Bird. I had watched her for ages, just like with Marta and Farminga of the team, uh, soccer team Brazil, I've watched them, watched Marta for 20 years, and I've watched Flaminga for 26 years, 24 years. So, like, I've literally watched them for a long-ass fucking time. Uh, oh. But, you know, it's like, I, I'm so happy. Congratulations, Sue Bird, on your uh, retiring from the women's national basketball team. And Dawn Staley, being a Philly native, so happy that she has now won gold, not only as a player, an assistant coach, but as a, as a first time head coach. So I love the Olympics and um, that Texas chick uh, can, can we have her come to the WWE please? Oh so. yeah. <laughs> and like people are ripping from on Katie, like, from Katie, Texas. They're, they're like people ripping on her. Oh, don't go to a, don't go there. Look what they did. Their other gold medalist. I'm thinking if you're talking about Kurt Angle, the man that got decorated and all this bullshit. Yeah. Now go sit, sit your bitch ass down. I, I would love for them just even just to have her on the show just for fun. Like I think I gotta try to I, I, I gotta try to track her down. She she was amazing. I love watching her wrestle and uh, that Gable dude. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, I the 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 wrestling was fantastic. To be perfectly honest, like I rarely watch the wrestling, but it was like literally on when I was up in the morning. So I literally watched the majority of wrestling when I couldn't watch anything else. And I'm just like, well, damn, why didn't they have this shit when I was in school? Well, no, like, 
yeah. It's like now, oh, women's wrestling. Like, you mean I could have done that? Fucking hell. I could have gotten a lot of aggression out of that shit. What about you, Kayla? Would, would you have done that if you had the chance? No, she looks like a couch potato. Jolie! Oh, so evil. <laughs> well, look, no. my name wasn't on that list, so I get to be as evil as I want. Yeah, I got issues with that. <laughs> well, technically, are we saying she's the bad influence? I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, um, I don't know. As far as maybe... I guess I would if I wasn't, you know, I don't know. I don't even heck if I probably would have thought about getting into wrestling as a younger, I could probably do it. But right now, even trying to think about it, my bones pop when I'm trying to get up and walk around, let alone trying to sit there and get thrown away, uh, get thrown around like a rag doll. Yeah, because they do throw around like rag dolls and everything. And it's just like, ow, ooh, ow, really? Yeah, you know, even some of the moves, even some of the moves with the guys get, you know, gets hit down, you know, down below. And it's like, okay, I don't have anything, but you make me hurt, you know. But um, if I would have got into it, you know, I think, like I said, I didn't get into wrestling until about, you know, two thousand six, two thousand seven. But if I was introduced to it, you know, maybe when I was still in high school, I probably would have considered it. But, but hey. I like writing about it and like supporting it through the um, website. So, hey, that's a start. <laughs> I'll, th- I'll tell you this much. If I can, it's like, if I can lose a lot of weight and get into shape for anything, I'll go, I'm going to be on Big Brother. That's, that, that would be my goal. That's it. <laughs> like, because I love Big Brother. <sighs> All right. One more fun. What I, um, Bronson Reed, uh, released a video today after he collected his thought, his thoughts. He said that, um, like you said, Kayla, that one door closes, another one opens and everything. And that he is the biggest, he is the best super heavyweight and everything. First thing that came to my mind is like, okay, if he ever wants to do an indie event, I know the West coast boys would love to get a crack at him, especially, especially uh, D rogue and uh, Marco's friend, juicy who, failed on our interview he still owes us but it's like but i've seen pictures of juicy and everything so it's just like him and i could see him and uh bronson uh squaring off in the ring i wouldn't mind seeing bronson versus nelio Ooh, yeah they can match up too uh you got some indie of it you, you got some indie possibilities bronson i i gotta i gotta find out what it's going by or what his real name was because he um. Somebody said it that um, it's something. Somebody said that uh, like Jonah or something that his name like he could finally come out and Bronson said like he's just been locked up for a while. He's he's always been here. Okay. Um. His real name is Jermaine Haley, by the way. Okay. But, but anyway, no, I could see him going up against D Rogue. Um. That'd actually be a really cool match. Um. And D Rogue. Um. I know you were part of the Indies part of the uh, wrestling brand countdown on EDS sports wrestling. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, that's me. I run it. So the Carolina boss lady, one of your girls from the Queens takeover um, is supporting you through the EDS sports wrestling Twitter. So that's me. If you haven't remembered. So <laughs> could you like follow us on the wrestling page, please? Yes. <laughs> All right. So Jolie, you mentioned a little bit of this earlier and everything. So going forward, as far as with NXT, 
part of what they were saying is that it is going to get a reboot and everything. And our not so favorite so-called reporter quotes Meltzer. Fucking Meltzer. All right, so I'm just going to read. I'm just going to read some of this real quick. Meltzer said that the basic feel is that they lost the war when it came to trying to have NXT compete with AEW and indie promotions. WWE is reportedly looking to go back to previous developmental system of hiring younger and bigger wrestlers that the company feels can headline WrestleMania. Meltzer then read off what he was told from a WWE source regarding what the company's looking for, which is as follows. No more midgets, no one starting in their 30s. They want people who can be box office attractions and main characters. Melissa added that there are exceptions to the rule of not using smaller wrestlers, which includes um, Adam Cole. And and this goes back to saying that they do want Adam Cole on SmackDown or Raw and everything. No midgets? Okay, I find that a little discriminatory because of uh, because of the size and everything, but I'm I'm five too. What the fuck do they call Thea? She's 4'9". I know. <laughs> I, I mean, it. Uh, well, I, and honestly, and I think a lot of this has to do with the men and everything because I haven't seen anything as far as like women, as far as like requirements for women. I, geez. you stew a minute, Kayla. What do you think? I mean, who are they really calling midgets? I mean, you think about it. Right now, if you had to think, probably the shortest person on. NXT roster that's there still I don't know well Leon Ruff was pretty small but you know but it's even it don't matter I mean okay okay. Pete Dunn's 5'10 Roderick Strong is 5'10 Karrion Cross is 6'4 Kyle O'Reilly is 6'0 Ciampa is 5'11 Adam Cole is 6'0 the shortest one is Candice LeRae at 5'2 and Donnie Gargano is 5'10 so what midget dude what fucking midget I can understand about the age part and everything because John Cena just said the other day that he's worried about WWE's future being unstable if they keep using older talent. But I think that's more towards like bringing back like Oldberg and Brock or something like that. Well, somebody kept bringing up like, you know, oh, they, they're paying all this money to bring Edge back. Um, I'm sorry. Edge looks like a fucking Viking chiseled out of stone. And AEW has a fucking slug named Jericho. Um, they're both the same age. Yeah, Jericho but, looking rough lately. I will say but, that. But look, Jericho looked like he went ten pounds with a fucking keg and lost ten rounds, not ten pounds. I mean, and if people are mad about Edge, he earned his right to come back. He fought for his right to come back. I mean, I, I just don't understand why they're mad. Uh, they, I understand Oldberg and I understand Cena. But Cena was never actually ever done with the WWE. He just took time off to do movies and to recenter himself. And if this is his last run, then this is his last run. And I think he will break, you know, I I, kind of hope that WWE is petty enough to have him take the title off of Roman just to beat Rick's record. I really want them to be that petty. I really Mm -hmm. fucking want them to be that petty. Um, And I, I do want to say something about Goldberg and this is something that I have discussed uh, multiple times on multiple different threads on, on Twitter. I think I even brought this up here. Yes. Goldberg is an attraction just like sting. Sting's a big fucking attraction. Just like CM Punk. 
CM Punk's a big fucking attraction. But do you think CM Punk can hang with these guys? No. Sting sure as fuck can. He needed a stunt double. But they want to see Sting wrestle. These these people bitch about the people bringing, like, you know, Goldberg back. You've got fucking Sting who can barely walk. Jake the Snake? Are you kidding me? The dude is so fragile, you could probably blow on him, he'll break a hip. Like, seriously. At least Goldberg looks the part. A jacked up meathead that puts people over. But he didn't put over the fiend. Again, again, I will explain this to you guys in simple terms. Very simple terms. Roman was a good guy getting heat. They were not ready to pull the trigger on him becoming a heel. That was going to come later during 2020. The pandemic happened. But before that happened, they realized that they did not want their main event of WrestleMania getting booed if Roman beat The Fiend. Now, if Roman beat Goldberg, hero. Simple as that. Yeah. But then the pandemic happened and everything went to shit and Roman didn't wrestle. And to the idiots saying that they were trying to delete Roman while he was off. Bullshit. Exactly. You just took the words out of my mouth on that one. But the fact is this. Goldberg had to beat The Fiend. Did we enjoy it? No. Nobody did except for the Saudis, to be perfectly honest. But they did what was best for storytelling. And it also set up that cool-ass Firefly Funhouse match. I'm sorry, that was awesome as hell. Better than weird. The, weird, weird, but cool. Better than the swamp match with Braun. Um, but still, it had to happen. And he got Braun to beat Goldberg. Mm-hmm. It, it, you have to look at the bigger picture because people would have been booing and angry if the Fiend lost to Roman. Right. And they weren't ready to pull the trigger on him being a heel. The pandemic made that easy. It made it very easy for them to start pulling the trigger on that. And it, it happened so flawlessly and effortlessly. Like it was, be- it was a beautiful thing to watch them making Roman into the mega cunt heel that he is. Yes, I said mega cunt because that's exactly how he's acting. I know, giant, Kay- I, I know Kayla doesn't mind that. <laughs> a giant mega cunt. And Kayla's trying to think, how can I make this into an article about Roman and his new <laughs> title? Head of the mega cunts. Mega cunt table. The the table of Karen's is headed by the mega cunt, Roman Reigns. Yeah, that wouldn't fly with editing, even if she wrote it herself. <laughs> but Paul would Paul would fire me with that, that kind of article. Sales from KC. <laughs> but anyway, um ro- what they did with the fiend, you know, losing to Goldberg and all that bullshit. It was storytelling. It was the best thing for the business at the time. I hope to, and pray to God that my prediction is correct about what happens at Money in the Bank or not Money in the Bank at um, SummerSlam that, you know, they Lashley beats him, but he's so beat up and like, you know, Goldberg gets pissed off and spears him one last time. And here comes Big E with the contract and cashes in on him. I swear he's making the... Heyman's life miserable these days on SmackDown, especially like on Friday. Oh, I love uh, it. I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah, it's like sne- sneaking around, sneaking around, like with that 
sinister, like funny laugh of his. It kind of reminds me of how Brock was with the with the money in the bank uh, case. That damn Brock party bullshit. That was hilarious. You <laughs> cannot say it wasn't. That it was, was a, hilarious. It was, it was some of the funniest shit. And like with him and Ron uh, and, and um, our truth in the ring, and like you just saw Brock break character. You just saw it, and it was one of the most glorious things ever. Oh, I swear I wasn't expecting to laugh this much whenever we were, uh, whenever I thought like when I was getting getting ready to record this with you, I wasn't expecting to laugh this much because it's just like, because the last couple of days, it's just like, I was like in shock Friday night and then just reading more and more about what's going on backstage and everything. And then it's like, it kind of, kind of calmed me down the more I read and everything, especially after this one where it said like, they were originally like signing like this buku of talent uh, because they were going to like expand and do all the NXT centers across the globe and everything. Then the first thing that shot that down or changed the plans on that was NXT moving to USA. And then of course the second thing being the pandemic. So it's like, it's kind of like a cleaning house now because of it. But it's just- I, yeah. But I will say this, and this is, this is directed back to Melter. There was no war. That's the thing. Vince said straight up, he does not see AEW as a threat. And, you know, he doesn't care if he lets go of wrestlers and they go to AEW. Because now who's hoarding the wrestlers? Um, Melter is uh, more toxic than a bag of lead dicks and needs to be drowned like the skank that he is. Um, He talks out of his ass so much and he will rank awesome matches uh mediocre and then like give jericho a a 10,000 rating and i don't understand jericho is not that good anymore in ring he's way too slow he's sloppy um but i digress melter will only keep jacking off aew and the people that pay him because it's easy for him and the funny thing is jbl has stated on multiple occasions that many people give Meltzer bad information. <laughs> JBL is not a fan of Meltzer. Now I know Mark Henry was upset that he didn't understand what's going on. He didn't like, you know, eh, with all the him with the, the releases, but again, you know, you decided to go to the other company. Maybe if you stayed, maybe things would have been different. You know, you guys want to go help something else to become established and then when the company that you no longer work for does something that you don't understand, well, if you weren't there to understand it, then you don't get to speak on it. I, I, I just, it's, it's frustrating. Like, you know, everybody keeps bashing WWE and all this bullshit. It's still one of the most premier places to work for. And like, everybody's like, oh, I think even Meltzer said, oh, the backstage, the backstage is so disheartened. And like, you had multiple people coming out like, no, dude, we're having fucking fun. Seamus. Yeah. Seamus of all people saying like, you know, backstage, even Damien Priest said something that backstage has been awesome. Like you see them having fun again, like at the house show when they were chanting, we want Becky and Seth and ring, you know, hyping up the crowd with Big E, which was funny. <laughs> like, you know, it's, and this is, this is the worst thing about wrestling is the toxicity amongst the fans. And it is what it is. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm sick and tired of it. I mean, I've even stopped 
bitching on AEW as much, you know, just because they're never going to change. Right. They're never going to stand up for Nyla Rose when their fan base rips her to shreds and calls her a man constantly in their comments. They're never going to stand up and say, well, you know what? Maybe we should stop, you know, feeding into the toxicity. And, you know, WWE does the same shit. But again, I call WWE on the show. I do not play favorites. Like, I, like, straight up, I said, I, I've been a staunch supporter of since 1986 of WWE, WWF. You know, I don't know what they're doing over there. But like you said, after reading that one article saying, like, you know, it's going to change. And the, the one page that I follow, Global, it's another wrestling podcast. And like the way that they said it, like, you know, it's like it clicked in my head, like, you know, they want to go back to the roots of what NXT was. And I think if they do that, it will bring more eyes to the product. They will be showing off more. And, you know, the the funny thing about them talking about a war, the only thing that, that, that AEW did was pull NXT faster to the network, to the to network TV. It was already in the works. And anybody that doesn't think it was is very 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 blind stupid and dumb you just you just gave me a summer school flashback yeah i know all right so everyone keeps saying this online and everything so definitive answer kayla is nxt dead well um it really depends how where they're going with it um is triple h really no longer in charge or i mean it's interesting how they're going to do this if it's i mean as far as let's say he's not in charge but they keep nxt no um because i mean you still got some great superstars down there um Samoa Joe, if he be, he'll become the more than likely at Takeover, he'll become the first ever three-time NXT champion. I know that's uh, hard for you to say, but yes. But um, I said more than likely. I didn't say he was. <laughs> um, I mean, you still got Champa down there. I mean, you got. Um, I mean, you still you. I mean, you got one of the most top-dominated tag teams down there. MSK. Um, then you, of course, you still got Johnny Gargano down there. You got Candice LeBray. You got Io Shirai. Um, badass kicking Dakota Kai, which I'm sorry, Raquel. You're you're going down, honey. Um, I mean, as of right now, you got, you know, Karrion Cross on there. But it's just, I'm not going to say it's dead. Um, but, you know, if they, I think, to unless they get rid of Regal, which, as far as he's really knocked it out with being general manager, I mean, I'm not gonna say the black and gold brand is dead. Um, but if all these rumors that are floating around, you know, saying by you know the next draft, all the NXT champions are going to be, I mean, not NXT champion, all the NXT superstars are coming to the main roster that's going to be like okay what's going to happen to Ciampa because you know how many times have he said he don't want to go to the main roster mm-hmm. you know so and I know 
And what is that going to do for NXT UK? Are they going to get rid of them too? So it's just right now, I'm not going to say it's dead, but there is still a lot of unanswered questions, you know, that floats in the air that makes you wonder, you know, how's this going to go down? How's this, you know, going to work out? Um, so the only thing I said, we just wait and see. And, but, uh, yeah, and tip to you, Mr. Cross, we'll talk about this later when we start doing predictions and stuff closer to SummerSlam. But uh, you always say, TikTok, time's up. I think your time's up for once, bud. No offense. And I, was, and I just happened to be wearing my Keith Lee Limitless Champion shirt, and I was so happy my boy got hit the win on Monday. I have to say that. He got lucky. Whatever, woman. Jolie. <laughs> Jolie, floor's yours. Is NXT dead? No. I don't think it's dead by a long shot. Like I said earlier, I think, you know, it's going to be revamped. It's going to be fixed in a way where it goes back to its roots. And the thing with like NXT UK, I don't see that going away anytime soon either because it does bring wrestling over to the UK where they don't have a lot of stuff going on over there. Yeah, there is wrestling, but, you know, they're doing their own tournaments. Um, and, you know, it's a good show, actually. I quite, quite enjoy it when I get a chance to watch it. Um, I could see Karrion losing. Sorry, time's up. Raquel, Dakota, all them. Actually, you know, even if they stripped everybody and moved them up, that's fine. And talking about Ciampa, I see him becoming a coach if he wants to stay. Because... You know, you guys, you got guys like Thatcher and and Champa, and you want to talk about learning from two of the best? That's them right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I would love to see Thatcher versus shit. Thatcher versus Roman Reigns be awesome. Thatcher versus Bobby Lashley, Randy Orton, just yes, all that. Um. I don't think it's dead. I just think that the black and gold brand needs to be revitalized because it's not that there was a war. Like I said, I don't see that there was ever a war. The fans made the war and Mm -hmm. AEW made the war be going demo God. I'm the fucking demo God. Motherfucker. Shut the fuck up. COVID. You're the COVID God. That's what the fuck you are. Um, but the only war that happened is that the fans are fighting with each other. You see so much support within the wrestling community. I think when Nikki Cross won the title across the board, Impact, ROH, I think I even saw AEW people that, that wrestled on AEW sending her love. When somebody gets injured, you see love across the mm. board. Yeah. The only ones that are causing the war are the fans and the elite. I'm sorry, they are. They are the only ones causing the war because a lot of us are just fucking sick and tired of being sick and tired of their fucking bullshit. But if WWE puts NXT back to its roots of building people up, I'm here for it, to be perfectly honest. Dakota, I could see her going to SmackDown or Raw. I I could see Raquel 
Oh God, I'd love Raquel on Raw with teaming with Rhea. Io teaming with Asuka. Candice and Indy on SmackDown. Johnny on SmackDown. Adam Cole, if he resigns on SmackDown, feuding with Pat McAfee. I could see Dunn on Raw feuding with Bobby Lashley. I can see, I, I, I see so much potential and they just need to execute it properly. Now, with that being said, if this is a way for them to sell the company, and I don't know why they want to sell the company when it's been this, this profitable, um, which I don't understand how it's been this profitable, to be perfectly honest. Um, yeah, no, I, I just don't, I don't see Vince selling. I, I think, you know, doing what they're doing, revamping. Um, and the sad thing is, like, a lot of this stuff is to pay off wrestlers, too. Like, just because a company is profitable, it's also a publicly traded company. Therefore, they're not getting all the money. Right. So, you know, you still have to pay wrestlers the arenas. You have to run out the arenas. You have to do all this stuff. You know, they, they say it's profitable. It's, it's a lot of fucking money. A lot of money because you have to make sure that the arenas get the money to pay their staff to do this, to do that, to do like there's so much that goes behind this. The kiosks have to be set up. Like there's so much work. There's so much behind the scenes. Yes, is is they worth millions of dollars? Yes, they are. They are. And I just think that constantly think, well, they're they're so rich, or it's it's not just going into their pockets. And I think that's what people don't realize. Like AEW, all the money pretty much goes in the, the cons pockets. Every time they use the daily place, it goes into cons pocket, you know? Mm-hmm. So is it dead? No, but it okay. needs to be changed. Okay. <sighs> Quite an episode here. All right. I'm going to close with one thing that has nothing to do with the rest. Well, it, you can kind of incorporate it in it, but I got one thing to kind of get off of my chest. When are people going to wake the fuck up? We have COVID numbers surging again. I had an idiot for a governor, and I'm putting idiot mildly, who got booed, who, who, who dared show his ass up at UFC the other day and got fucking booed by the crowd because of his stupid antics and everything. Either get the vaccine or mask up and take precautions. Actually, take precautions either way, because it's like if people don't wake the fuck up and get their shit together and everything, we're going to be on another lockdown trapped in our houses again. And I don't know about y'all, but hell, it's like I'm going back. Like Julie said, I'm going back to work tomorrow. I don't know if they're canceling our um, our return to work because we're on a rotation for returning to office and everything. I don't know if they canceled that or postponed it because of the surging numbers. I don't know what's going on because, because people are being idiots. And so it's like, if they're either not getting the vaccine or they're not masking up and it's just like, it's like, wake the fuck up people. The numbers were good a month ago. Now they're getting worse. Stop being stupid. 30 days. It took us 30 days to completely go to hell. And um, I do want to say something about your idiot governor. Uh, <laughs> okay. When they say there's a border problem, yes, there is a migrant problem. There's always been a migrant problem. But whenever there's a Democrat in office, they make it seem like it's a lot worse than it is. 
and they're trying to fix the previous administration's bullshit and blunders. But the one thing that the ice guy said was that they're giving every migrant a COVID test. The migrants are getting tested more than the citizens of Texas. That's number one. Number two, Ron DeSantis. And I know we don't normally don't go into politics, but I, I got to say something about this stupid motherfucker right here. You want to bitch about borders. Your state looks like a fucking penis surrounded by water. What borders are, do you need to be protected from, you stupid, ignorant fuck? Are you getting COVID from the crabs, the shrimp, the fish, what? No, you're getting COVID spikes of 24,000 per day because you want to take away cities' rights to instate mandates. Governor Wolf of Pennsylvania, you are a fucking moron as well. And even my governor is a fucking moron for not wanting to reinstitute the mandates on masks. Kayla, what about your governor? He's a fucking idiot as well. I, 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 I don't even need her to answer. I already know that he's a fucking idiot. The, the only state that has stepped up is fucking Hawaii. Actually, I think, I think Arkansas's governor just said, he, uh, just admitted that he was wrong for signing a law about no mandates yeah and you know to the people out there that think that this is a hoax i want you to go on the twitter type in the search bar pick you covid units and i want you to look at a nine-year-old child struggling to breathe with tubes coming out of different parts of their body and i want you then to Contact me and tell me to my face that that's a hoax. I go back to work to a stadium this week coming up. Thursday is my first game back in over a year and a half. And this bitch is wearing her fucking mask. Mask up. Or if you get COVID and you're unvaccinated, stay home and die. Just stay home. We don't, we don't want to wish death on anybody. Jolly, it's it's the same thing. We we got a we got it's the same thing for when Kayla wanted to stuff the iconics back in refrigerators and ship them back to Australia. Well, we we made sure she put holes in the in the in the thing. You know, oh, did I? <laughs> no, we don't promote we, we don't promote violence and we don't promote. Death oh no, we we, promote, we, promote, we we do promote violence. We are a wrestling. That's true. That's true. No, we don't wish we don't want to wish death on anybody, but we just want people to wake the fuck up. Kayla, I'll I'll leave the final words with you. Anything you want to add? Well, like Jolie said, um, I won't say much, but when our governor of South Carolina reminds me and walks like Foghorn Leghorn, yeah, I, I believe I believe exactly. Um. And he even has a little hair piece up in the back, just like kind of sticks up. It's like, yeah, just fits it up, just perfect. Um, but yeah, I mean, he has said some few things here that is smart, but I don't know. He's just, I don't know. Yeah, just go back to the chicken coop. We'll be all right. All right. Well, that's all we have for this episode of the Queen's Takeover. Thank you so much for joining us and. Tune in next time as the takeover continues. Y'all have a good one. And next week is our big episode of our predictions. Ooh, I'm going 3-0. No, you ain't. 
Yes, I am. No, you ain't. Yes, I am. Nope.